If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello everyone, it's Dame Brian Moylan. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the 12 Gays of Christmas. I had to include a 13th and 14th gay of Christmas this year because once I knew there was going to be a Housewives of the North Pole movie, there was no way I couldn't talk about it with some very special Real Housewives loving gays. So I hope you enjoy this little stocking stuffer. Merry Christmas. Your shitter is full. Hello and welcome to the 12 Gays of Christmas, where it's not just the mistletoe that's hung for all to see. I am Dame Brian Moylan, and today I am here with podcasters, housewife impersonators, Ronnie Karam and Ben Mandelker from Watch What Crappens. Ronnie, Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Happy War on Christmas. And ben, Merry War on Christmas to you, too. Thank you so much. You know, even though I am actually a Jewess, uh, I am happy to celebrate this holiday with all of my Goyim friends, including Kyle Richards. Are either of you Christmas people? Well, I was when I was a kid because I'm very greedy. Like, I love gifts. I love <laughs> eating. Like, I like the food. As an adult, it kind of sucks because I'm single. Like, I'm always single. So it's like a lot of buying presents for people. And then you get their shitty little gift. And then they're like, well, sorry, it was a shitty gift, but we have children. <laughs> it's like, okay. So it started no. to seem a little unfair. But yeah, for the most part, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I get into the spirit of it. I get in the spirit of it. Even though I'm Jewish, I, I, I enjoy you know, partaking in the holiday. I take, I partake in the perks. Like I don't really buy anyone Christmas gifts, which I really should re-examine because I'm always like, well, I grew up not like buying Christmas gifts. So it's not part of like my DNA. Um, but I probably should buy gifts for people, but I get into like the, the cookies and uh, I'm really into Christmas music, but really Christmas music from like 1995 and earlier. Cause I'm finding that post 95 Christmas music is all kind of like variations of Michael Buble. And I'm not into that. Is there any Christmas music that you like? What are do you have a favorite song? Do you have a favorite artist? What are well, you I mean, obviously, all I want for Christmas is you is like the best ever, right? So I'm just gonna take that out of the running because it's just too cliche. Post 95, oh, post 95, there's nothing, there's been no good Christmas music after 95. Nothing. Well, well I'm just saying that all I want for Christmas is you is oh, it is. Oh, thank you. So, okay, well, and then pre 95. I have an outsider choice, which is that I love the song by The Waitresses, which all of a sudden I'm blanking on its name. Christmas Rapping with the W. Christmas Rapping. It tells a story, a great story. And it's I that is my no, hardcore number two favorite Christmas song of all time. How do you feel about the gay who puts on All I Want for Christmas is You at the gay bar in July? I mean, isn't he always there? He's the same guy who he's the same guy who plays like Chic Say La Vie and then everybody screams, you know? I feel like <laughs> I feel like we all know that guy, but he's really nice, but we secretly, you know, talk shit about him every time he well, presses like play. The first time we love it, but then, you know, I feel like ten years ago we would have loved it, but I feel like there has actually been a whole sort of culture that has built up around that song in the past ten years. Yeah. So now it's kind of like it's kind of basic to do that, you know? But then again, I don't I don't oppose it. I don't I like it. miserable Christmas songs. Like 
Um, Same. All I want for Christmas yes. is you. Is just like it's so happy. I like you know. Last Christmas I gave you my heart. The very yes. next day you threw it away. Like, like I like that top five. I like for classic Christmases. I really enjoy White Christmas. Like I'm dreaming of a White Christmas, but I'm in a foxhole and will probably die. Like I'm into that kind of yes. that kind of like yes. really depressing. <laughs> just like real life. I like that kind of me. I'm an Adele person, so like I love somebody yes. who's just sad. Or someone who takes the sort of like the the magic out and replaces it with with cold longing, like uh, the Arrhythmics version of of Winter Wonderland is just like this very cold, emotionless <laughs> version that I love. Uh, I have on my Christmas mixtape an Annie Lennox version of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, and it's like yes. crazy and I mean, Irish, and I like. Love I'm it. writing it down so I can get that. My favorite Christmas song is Karen Carpenter's Merry Christmas, Darling. Do you know about the song? And uh, it's like her just like her man isn't there. And she's like, the lights on my tree. I wish you could see. I wish it every day. And it's like yeah. all depressing in 70s. And you can just see her starving alone <laughs> in her living room. What's her heart. You know, yeah, by that's, her Christmas tree. That's my kind of vibe yeah. for Christmas. I really like being sad. But I do also really like the Destiny's Child's Christmas from a long time ago. I feel like that mm. deserves some kind of special mention. Because that, right. that is pretty amazing. And that's happy. you know. But that's like that's as happy as I'll get. I have a uh, free Apple download. Back when the iTunes store used to give free downloads, I do have one of Annie Lennox singing Noel. And it's like Annie Lennox in her late stage career where she has realized that all she wants to do is just kind of like grown out notes. So it's very much like... <laughs> no. It's like this law. It's like a dirge. But then, of course, she puts the whimsical little lilting notes in the background going, no. It's just kind of like a disaster, but because it's Annie Lennox, of course I love it. What do we think of Luann's Christmas song, What Do I Want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? What is it gonna be? I think it's like, you know, I think it really taps into that person who loves karaoke you know like you love going to karaoke and you just don't care that everybody sucks you know it's like it's christmas and it's okay <laughs> if you suck <laughs> so i think it kind of brings us all joy because it reminds us of an office party yeah i think that's a really good way to put it <laughs> what do you think of it i can't even listen to it and i the countess has some bangers we all know she can't sing but chic say la vie is a great song money right. can't buy you class great song this not, not, great. not amazing. I mean, even Girl Code is better than Girl, this song. Yeah. It actually is. Girl Code is actually not so bad. I've sort of like revisited it and it's like, it's pretty good. This one's not great. I don't know. It's, I don't know if I love this uh, partnership with Billy Stritch in terms of the songwriting. Um, also, there's like that weird uh, tone, that weird moment towards the end where she's like, What do I want for Christmas? World peace and love. And unity, and a purse, and jewelry, and all the jewelry <laughs> things, and diamonds. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> just wants all the yes. material things. And cars, and trips, and shoes, and bags, and gowns, and jewels, just you. Do you have a favorite housewife song? Since we're talking about music. You know, yeah, speaking um, of like ballady type things, they don't really have ballads, right? There aren't that many ballads. I mean, I think Danielle had kind of a ballad. Um, yes. I really like just when I'm home alone singing, I really like doing a ballad version of On Display. I mean, that song, believe it or not, really lends itself to a ballad. And I love, I love it. I sing it all the time in my house. So I have to say that one. On Display well. is my favorite song. And can I bother you for a few bars of On Display as a ballad? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to Candace this up. But um, <laughs> nobody needs to hear that. It's like one of the, the dog, the poor I dog. I can't Minaj you into doing it. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Ronnie, it's a platform. Chris Bassett, I will Chris Bassett will run in here and take us down. I don't sing because I can. I just sing because I like to. So I think... <laughs> I don't know if this counts. If we're being a purist about Housewives, then I actually think Chic Say Love may be my favorite. But if we're going to sort of like open it up to the entire Bravo universe, I mean, I think Good As Gold is kind of amazing. I like Good As Gold is just like, it is a banger. It deserves to actually have radio airplay. I think actually almost of all of 
Bravo songs. That is the one that should be on the radio. And it fills me with joy. But Chic C'est La Vie does too. And, um, and you know, On Display is has aged very well. I think it sounded bad at the time, but I think it, it was just ahead of its time. I feel like Luann's next cabaret show should just be all Housewife songs. I, I would be into it. I, I think that her next good idea. Christmas song that's should my be next in the style. Cabaret. That's my next. That's a great idea. I'm going to steal <laughs> that. I mean, look, uh, Candace has, has offered up a very strong entry with Drive Back. I think that's actually a, a, a very, very good song. So, like, that's already at the top yes. of the pack as well. You can say a lot of things about Candace Dillard, but you can't say that she can't sing. Yeah, I mean, Drive Back actually may be, that actually may technically be the best one. And like, and by the way, let's never forget the one that started them all, Tardy for the Party. I mean, that's a classic. Candy Burst is a great songwriter. And what was her song that she sang when she was on tour with I Fly Above? Great that was song. Good. Also, you know something that really, I don't even think this ever got made, but you remember, the ring doesn't mean I was thing. just about to say that. Oh. Whoa, whoa. The ring didn't mean a thing to Why didn't that ever get made? I think that, that was should've. good. Well, that was a troll song. That was, I mean, let's not forget, Candy was like, fine, you're not going to give me any residuals. I'm going to make a song that's going to be so hard for you to sing that you will not survive this song. And it was such a difficult, sort of terrible song. And yet to this day, the moment someone says the word ring, I always, and this is not an exaggeration, I always think to myself, the ring didn't mean a thing. <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for Google me. Click these keys and Google me. The um, follow-up to Tardy for the Party. Research me. You'll find me. Oh, that one lives with like coffee and coffee and sex or whatever Ashley's is. That's oh, sort of my in that tier for me. <laughs> Uh, coffee and sex is the worst one. Coffee and love, uh, yeah. Coffee, no. and, coffee love. and love, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Simon Van Kempen's "You Make Me Feel Mighty Real" or whatever his song was, that was pretty bad. That yeah, was a, that, that was, was a pretty bad. And so many of these just have the visuals too. You know, like the coffee and love. You've got Michael Darby like having sex. Like I never mm -hmm. want to ever see that in my head again. I don't want to hear anything to do with it. And then uh, Simon Van Kempen in his red pants, and then his stories of like you know, climaxing all over his wife as she gave birth. I will never yeah. forget that. And I never, ever need to hear that song again or really see him ever again or really hear anything about him again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are not here today to talk about Housewives music. We are here to talk about a very special Housewives movie, which is called The Housewives of the North Pole, which is airing now on Peacock. What did you gentlemen think of Housewives is the North Pole starring Kyle Richards and for some reason Betsy Brandt, who <laughs> was nominated for an Emmy? She <laughs> was Breaking Bad. Yes. Oh, well, not for this, though. <laughs> yeah. For Breaking Bad. For this, she no, was nominated. Not for this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, you know, it was obviously bad. But considering this sort of genre of movies that are like aggressively, intentionally, almost intentionally bad, I haven't seen a huge amount, but I've seen several. I've seen Mariah's. We watched Holiday last year, which was actually not this kind of genre, but we thought it would be. And various others. I thought it was better than most I've seen, given that it was still a base level of terrible. This was a pile of heaping crap. I cannot believe you. This was terrible. And I've watched so many Hallmark movies with my mother. I mean, she loves us. So every year I would come home to Texas and she'd sit there with, the, you know, and we're both very cynical people. So to have the Hallmark there, like that's what breaks her of anything are these Hallmark movies. So I thought this was going to be a Hallmark movie. So to see that it was Peacock, which I think Peacock is doing, doing a great job in general of putting out quality content. They're Real Housewives girls trip is fantastic amazing but then this it's like why are you struggling so this hard to be as bad as hallmark you're peacock make a good <laughs> it's almost I know, make like a it good was one. a it was a theme like let's make a shitty hallmark movie you know it felt on purpose yeah, well you are exactly correct and i watched it my parents were in london for thanksgiving and they are huge Hallmark Christmas movie fans and they have never seen an episode of Housewives ever. And so I was like, we're going to watch Housewives of the North Pole. And we watched it and they were like, this is good for a Hallmark movie. So I agree <laughs> with Ben in that there is a base level of badness, but 
of that badness. It's like floating on the top of the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> if that you makes know what it is? sense. It's like, yeah, it's just like a hard poop versus diarrhea. Not to get too, I know Ronnie hates that, but that's kind of like what we're talking about here. And I will say that I thought, you know, there were sort of like two main stories going on. There was the story between, you know, uh, Kyle Richards and Betsy Brandt and then their kids. And, the, you know, I actually thought like the little rivalry going on was like flimsy, but somewhat engaging. The problem was actually the kids storyline was so dreadful and dull and boring. And I'm like, why are we watching these children? We are here for the housewives of the North Pole. Right. And that's to be dragged these people everything is a housewife. Down. Like, unless Neither. this kid is being played by Shane Keogh, I have no interest <laughs> in seeing him shirtless yeah. making out in someone's garage, which I did yeah. enjoy, which I did A enjoy. Christmas decorated garage, by the way. Yes. And zero chemistry. Like, they really didn't even seem to be into each other, which is weird because they're both cute, you know? Like, you can at least act like you want a bone, was... you know? But it had all the hallmark, typical... Uh, storylines like the temple storylines like you've got the evil corporation that's taking over this town and you know then they have to learn to resist the evil corporation of course everybody in this movie is evil and gay the evil people are of course it's like of course it's alec mappa playing like the evil gay who's trying to ruin christmas and then you've got like the obnoxious gays who are just trying to steal free think, food yes. from the art place but yes then, i noticed that the obnoxious gays yeah and then you have the <laughs> out of town stranger that, but you're right all the gays are assholes <laughs> yeah you have the out of town stranger that changes the lonely person's life around and makes him realize what christmas is about <laughs> so it had all oh, that yeah well it's no mistake so the movie was that it's such there's it's no mistake that it's such a hallmark movie it was directed by this guy named ron oliver whose IMDb photo makes him look like a bald Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, no. It also looks kind of like when Milk did RuPaul on RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. But um, that's what this guy looks like. And he's directed like every Hallmark Christmas movie, including one of my personal favorites, A Christmas Train, co-starring Joan Cusack. Oh, um, unless, Joan that's, Cusack. Was, unless that's starring Kelly Dodd, I have no interest. <laughs> uh, right and so and it was written by neil tippy and spider spider yes spider yes. with a y dabrowski dabrowski yeah, yeah i saw i saw a whole bunch of dabrowskis in the credits i was like oh this is a dabrowski joint i know it's like is it a cult? Is it a Christmas movie writing collective? They have like dozens of these shitty Hallmark Christmas movies to their resume. Like, I don't know what sort of weird Dabrowski <laughs> spider factory they live in, but well, I you do, do not one and you're stuck visit. forever, right? It's like you everything do. else in life. You do one, you do one thing right, and you have to do it the rest of your life. It's like my that friend writes these poor guy from Breaking Bad who has to be evil in everything. Um, <laughs> this uh, guy Ron Oliver. So I looked him up. Wow, your description was so accurate he looks like a christmas ornament with big square glasses like that fashion lady that old-fashioned lady yes yeah the old he navy lady yes he looks like <laughs> uncle jr like before the sopranos he looks like a gay uncle jr okay what, <laughs> what he looks like that's what yeah he looks it's... like he just came from antiquing <laughs> girl i think she is the antiquing <laughs> no, I, I have to say this brian before we even get beyond the title card of this movie the thing that cracked me up that was so bizarre is that in all the marketing promos and like uh, in the movie itself it says the real housewives of the north pole and the Real Housewives is in Jurassic Park font, and I'm like, why? Why are we having Jurassic Park font? <laughs> it's like it's sort well, of like actually technically between Jurassic Park and Star Wars, but the point remains. <laughs> I mean, some of our ladies are getting up there, and yeah. also they are kind of monsters. So I mean, it's this not unfitting. But <laughs> it's a fair point. Well, and then point. they changed it at the last minute to Housewives of the North Pole, no real. Did they really? Yeah. So the official title is Housewives of the North Pole. But right. Which features only two housewives, notably. Meaning, well, yeah, like, there were some things about it. Yeah, there's some things about it that just aren't housewives. So they shouldn't have called it the house. I mean, I get why they would do it. It's like one of their properties. And, well, you know, I get it. But 
first of all, what housewife decorates their own house for Christmas? Nobody. They hire people to decorate their house. You Where's think Glenn? Kyle decorates her damn house? No. <laughs> she, yeah, Glenn with the fat burger truck. Where's Glenn and Faye? <laughs> Why haven't we seen Glenn? We didn't see Glenn all last season. Like, did Glenn get COVID or something? Where is Glenn? I'm a little concerned that he got COVID. Yeah, I'm going to put what happened to Glenn. I just love the internet. You know, I feel like such an old lady. I'm like, wow, I, I have all this knowledge at my fingertips. We have questions. What happened to Glenn from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Okay, carry on. I'll do this in the background. This is a, this was a movie that I was expecting there to be several women um, with Kyle Richards and Betsy Brandt at the lead. And it would be like a pack of ladies and it would turn into a classic Real Housewives imbroglio. Um, but it really wasn't that at all. And it reminds me of like that classic thing where someone comes up like Kyle Richards probably pitched this to Peacock and then um, they just assigned people who've never watched Bravo to it. Yes, it was definitely a title in search of a movie where yes. someone's like, we should do Real Housewives of the North Pole and make it a movie Christmas movie, but then and then not it was really just do like, any research. Yeah, about yes. about really the, the, the universe they're going into. While Ronnie is going down a Glenn rabbit hole, Ben, will you walk us through the plot of uh, Real Housewives, Housewives of the North Pole? I'm going to need everyone to listen carefully because it's very intricate. So um, <laughs> we uh, we are in a, a town, I believe a fictional town called North Pole that's in Vermont, which is actually not close to the North Pole at all. But, you know, we'll allow it. They clearly did not research Vermont either. So we're in this town of North Pole that has some relationship to reindeer, which are also not found in Vermont. And um, basically you have uh, Kyle Richards and Betsy Brandt. Kyle's name is, what's Kyle's name? Betsy Brandt is Diane and Kyle is, Trish. I don't know. Trish, Trish and Diane. Trish and Diane. Oh gosh, wow. So Trish and Diane. Which, I mean, if they weren't both named Karen, they might as well be named <laughs> Trish and Diane. <laughs> <laughs> So Kyle Richards is essentially playing like the true version of herself. Like this is true Kyle Richards finally getting to be unleashed. Okay. And they are bestie. They're best friends. They've been best friends for years. Their children have grown up together and the children hate each, absolutely hate each other. Um, Kyle Richards' daughter grows up to be a 38-year-old lovely lady and the other one grows up <laughs> to be a 21-year-old uh, man. So anyway, <laughs> so they, um, they are best friends and every year they put together a holiday display because there is an annual Christmas display competition. And whoever wins gets something, not sure what, but it's accolades. a gold reindeer because she has like 11 of them on her mantle. Yes. It's like a and gold from, reindeer trophy. They're from home goods because I have those. They they keep up the <laughs> stockings. There are no home goods in North Pole, Vermont. So this is really their only way to access those tchotchkes. Or as they like to call it on this movie, homo's bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> So essentially, they have every year they put together the, the best display in in the in the in the town. But this year, there are simmering tensions that come from a game night that goes awry when it turns out that Kyle. So Kyle Richards famously does not do game nights well, whether it's at Dana Pam's no. house, whether it's on uh, Cynthia Bailey's night on Girl Trip, or whether it's here in North Pole. She always messes it up, and sure enough, she cheats, and it creates a scandal that drives a wedge between these women and threatens to ruin Christmas which is all the more complicated by the fact that a reporter has come to town from a publication called American Life that now is seeking to exploit the tensions in the town. Yeah, because American Life is run by the gay guy who hates American Life. See, I mean, this whole <laughs> yes. thing, this whole thing, it's, it's, a, it's against us. The whole thing is against us. So this guy hates American Life and he's sick of feel-good stories, so he just wants something clickbaity. For everybody. He's also the best part of the entire movie, by the way. Alec Mopp is, yeah, is he's the best great. part. <laughs> he's funny. Oh, he's the best part of everything he's yeah, in. He's and great. I mean, I can't believe they got Alec Mappa. Like, he was like, oh, fine, I'll do this. <laughs> <laughs> we all have rent yes, to pay. But then, we all have rent to pay. Yeah. So then Sky, the 28-year-old daughter, and Jake, the very handsome, for my money, shirtless son of Betsy Brandt, fall in love and then it's like Capulets and the Montagues and it Yeah. And then at the in the end everything they realize that they've gone too far. Things have things have gone awry. Uh like Trish makes this 
declaration that she's just going to move out of town because things just get so bad. And then when it all winds up being splashed across Alec Mappa's super gay anti-American website, they realize they've gone too far and they come together and then their kids come come together and it all is a happy, happy ending. And uh, the reindeer do come back to town where they are not at all native. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoy, enjoy the shit all over your streets, by the way. <laughs> they've got, like, how many? 12 reindeer walking down the street. You know, nobody's there with a bag. And, of course, the hot guy who's just, like, in love with ben- Betsy Brant for whatever reason. You know, it's one of those movies where it's like, I guess it's kind of like real life where you're single at Christmas and then you just look at the first person that walks in the door that's also single and you're like, oh, my God, we have so much in common. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it, it was so bad. It's like this guy shows up in Diana's art gallery, which, first of yes. all, I don't know if you've ever seen the What's Your Number movie with Anna Ferris, But in the movie, she, she's a sculptor and she makes these sculptures and she goes at the end of the movie. She like finds fulfillment by quitting her job and opening a store that sells these shitty sculptures. And I saw it with my husband on one of our first dates. And what cinched it, what made me fall in love with him was when she opens the store, he leaned over to me and goes, nobody wants to buy those. And like, that is how I feel about Diana's paintings. They're like all these shitty Christmas paintings with like reindeer in them. It's weird. It's weird and obsessive. And there are things that even if my nieces came to me with those, I'd be like, oh my God, so you're studying to be a doctor? Or like, I would never say go be an (laughs) artist. Never in a million years. It's like these Holly Hobby paintings. And remember those commercials when you were when you were kids on TV that was like, come down to like uh, to this place, to to the um, whatever arena or civic center, because it's a starving artist sale. And you just have this like really shitty art. And it's like they found a bunch of that art and then they painted these like Disney reindeers on them. So there's like reindeers sort of like impose on this art very strangely. And it's an entire gallery full of it. And her whole thing is that. She just loves painting reindeer and she hasn't seen the reindeer. So she hasn't found her muse. And then she has, for some reason, this really bothered me just from like a film production standpoint. She has like an office area that's like up these stairs with such a claustrophobically low ceiling. I'm like, you guys are a movie production. Why could you not find some place with a higher ceiling? Also, that ceiling, ceiling now that you you mention it, what really pissed me off is the popcorn ceilings. I was like, it's popcorn too. And was it Betsy Brandt being like, I need her to be more real. Like, she's an artist. I want her to have low ceilings with popcorn on them. Like, it needs to be popcorn. No one's going to buy me in this role, you know? Betsy Brandt was going method with the like yeah. HGTV before shot like yeah. artist studio. <laughs> they just told Betsy that, do what yeah, you want. The sun was like too tall to stand in that space. Yeah, it's yes. like yeah. They cut all the like, all the extra over. footage they have of Betsy like doing lines off the reindeer in the back or whatever. They're like, all right, Betsy, we're gonna make this a story about a woman addicted to drugs who is the only person with a popcorn ceiling in this fancy town. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone anticipate, so uh, Diane, Trish and Diane are like now competing to have the best display because traditionally they always did it together, but now they're competing. And at one point, like Betsy has a snowman and then she snaps the ear off of it. Did anyone else be like, oh God, it's going to be Vincent Van Snow. It's going to be Vincent Van Snow. And then like the next scene, it's Vincent Van Snow. Did anyone else anticipate that? Because I, I was so proud of myself. Proud of yourself? Yep. A hundred percent. I was like, oh, God, she's going to like. Because she's an artist. I I saw it coming, much like (laughs) listening to uh, Simon Van Kempen. It was very much like the same kind of knowing what was coming, as it were. Oh, God, literally. Um, Would you rather make out with the hot sun or the hot reindeer guy? Reindeer oh, guy sun, by far. A hundred percent. I mean, the sun is just there's no question about the sun, you know. And I mean the sun looked like Jessica Tandy. I'm sorry. Well, you know, another <laughs> another hottie. Okay. I'm down for that. I'm down for that too, Jessica. See you up there. Are we talking like streetcar named desire, Jessica Tandy, or like cocoon Jessica Tandy? I don't even care. I'll do all of them. <laughs> the full range. He'll even do a Tandy computer. Um, I'm I'm glad you gentlemen don't need to compete over never. the boys. That no, is, they never is do. nice for me. 
to hear. I mean, I it's a hard choice. It's a hard choice. I what don't about know which you? I, I thought, so the, your, I your thought son, the guy right? who came to town was just so ugh, he was so cheesy and like, oh, I'm from out of town. I follow reindeer around for a living. It's like you're creepy. Get out of here with your bad wig and your weird smile. Get out of here, the Eddie son, Cibri- the son? Cibrian. No, wannabe. Get out. He Ask. is very Eddie Cibrian looking. Which is, by the way, that's like a compliment. He's on like an NCIS or like one of those. I looked him up. Oh. Not that I was looking for shirtless pictures. I looked on his him up Instagram. too, and I saw the pictures as well. Um, I uh, I thought the son was. I thought he was very blah, and I I did not like that he strung Christmas lights up on his like weightlifting bench. I thought I was like, you're a little deranged, sir. Well, I mean, he's just like obviously hot. You know what I mean? So I yes, of course you pick him because he's like legitimately the cutest because he's like 20 or whatever. So it's not fair. It's like, hey, do you want cookies or cookies? Like, I want cookies. <laughs> Give me the fucking cookies. <laughs> but he's also super judgy. Okay, because so he has this relationship. Well, he it's a the. the he and the and the girl, uh, it's Sky and I forgot what his Jake. name is. Jake, this is Sky me. and Jake. So they start like they start falling in love over the course of like literally five or six days. We know this because every single day leading up to Christmas is marked by Kyle Richards turning a little block, and so we know this love affair. Like it gets to a point where they're saying that they love each other, and then at one point. Trish, she needs like a Blitzen. She needs like a little reindeer Blitzen. It becomes an issue. So she sends Sky to the store. There's like this Christmas store. She sends Sky to the store to get a Blitzen reindeer. And so Jake is there and Sky's like, I have to find, I have to find a, a Blitzen for my mom. And he goes, Oh, you're turning just into your mother. And I was like, excuse me, Jake, you need to settle down a little bit. Okay. She's just picking up some shit for her mom. Yeah, these two are way too close to be dating. Like, there's way too much history between these two for their relationship to go well. And they also both seem like they're not at good places in their life for opposite reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. he can't find a job, and she's, like, burnt out on studying too hard. And, yeah. Yeah, they're no. but they're yeah. a good couple because they're just, like, so boring, you know? And I feel like boring people really make it in the world. I've learned that as a waiter. I've told that to Ben many times. Like, the happiest people are the people who have, like, nothing to say at dinner. They just, <laughs> yeah. like, sit there and swipe through their phones. And they come back year after year happy as hell, you know? And I feel like that's these two. They're just super boring, and they'll last forever. Oh my god, when they went ice skating. Seriously, fuck this town, by the way. This is the worst town ever. <laughs> I don't know if this is supposed to just not make people want to move to Vermont ever, but how do you ice skate in, I mean, it was like a two-space parking area. You yes, know? <laughs> my father was like, that's not an ice skating rink. It's an ice skating postage stamp. And I was like, here's Reed from Mr. Moylan. I mean. Agreed. It's true. That's when I decided yeah. I wanted to marry your father when he leaned over and said that to me. <laughs> so what did you think of Kyle Richards' acting ability? I actually thought she was pretty good. I thought like, you know, I mean, she's not, listen, she's no Meryl Streep. She's no, no anything Streep. But I actually thought she was she was pretty good. And I think she actually got into the character because it essentially was Kyle. Like she was like there was a moment where she was doing some crazy flash flash mob thing. And she was like doing this dance. And I was like, I believe that Kyle Richards would do this. I believe Kyle Richards would show up at someone's gallery and do a crazy dance and take all the people out of it. You know, the way she got. Dra- oh, there were some very Kyle Richards moments that she just really nailed. For instance, Sky stays over with Jake one night and she's like, oh my God, I've got to sneak in. Otherwise I'll get in trouble. And when she sneaks back in, Kyle is like, where were you? And she's like, I was, I was. And like, Kyle just doesn't even pay attention. Just, she starts prowling on about herself. I was like, that was so Kyle. And she really made me believe that it was Kyle. I was surprised her acting was so bad because she's been an actor for so long. I thought she was terrible, but she did have good parts where she was very Kyle-like. Um, like when she got mad or said something bitchy, those were very good lines, I thought, good delivery. And also she kept adding her weird laugh in there, like her... <laughs> like the, like the <laughs> Kyle laugh got in there. And I thought that was very real because it was real. You know, it was like her laugh, but especially yeah. not next to Betsy. Yeah, well, no. Betsy was... I mean, Betsy really brought it. I love when they first meet the reporter and she walks away and Trish and Diane are standing there together and Kyle says, her handbag, fake Fendi. And Betsy goes, how do you know? She goes, because I have a real one. You see that purse? Yeah. Fake Fendi. How can you tell? Because I have a real one. 
It's actually very Dorit Kemsley, but yeah. it was also very Kyle Richards. And you know, you know that tr- that like Trish goes down to Boston because that's like the closest city, and she like gets a Fendi, and then she comes back. She's like, "Hi, ladies. Yeah, got a Fendi because I went to a city. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've um, been to a city. Also, it got super <laughs> weird because at first her character was one thing, and then when it got to that line, and she's she was bitchy about someone's purse, I was like, "Wow, she became evil." Because at the beginning, she was <laughs> yes. she was like a nice person and a good friend, and then. All of a sudden, she was like that. And I guess they had to get their Real Housewives attitude in there. But I was like, is she nice or not? I need to know. I can't have this on the fence. I just want to say that there, Kyle also had a line that was so, that just like summed up Kyle Richards so much. She, in the middle of the feud, she's like venting about this issue she's having with Diane. And she goes, she accused me of being pushy and demanding. But I thought she liked those things about me. And I was like, that is so Kyle Richards. That is so Kyle Richards, master producer of all Real Housewives. Yes. yes. I'm so not terrible. I just think, thought I was catering to your needs. What do you think are the most Housewives moments in, stereotypically Housewives moments in the movie? The Fendi part was probably the most truly Housewives moment. And... You know, I mean, there's something to be said about Kyle um, trying to steal that Blitzen thing from the the nice old lady. Although that's more of the stereotype of what people think the Real Housewives is all about. That was funny. I like that. And then they, when they had the fight in front of the Christmas tree, and Kyle was really going for all the low blows. You know, she said, "Yes." Like Betsy said something like, "Your tree is fake," and she said, "Fake like the boobs on your ex-husband's new wife." And then you know, the throw of the drink in the face was obviously kind of stereotypical, but it seems like they put a couple of those moments into like a regular movie to call it Housewives. I need like six yeah. women scheming about like, I don't know, how to take down Santa or. <laughs> the, okay, these are the moments that I thought were the most Real Housewives because I agree with you. Everyone always thinks of Housewives and thinks of like throwing drinks. And so when they start this big fight, Trish throws a drink on Diana. But I mean, other than there have been, act- there's actually very been few. very little drink throwing on the Housewives. Camera judge, maybe. But yeah, it's, That's not, it. it's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but these are things that seemed really housewifey to me, which is. Um, when Jake and Sky bring their mothers together to reconcile without telling either of them, and then it goes horribly. That's mm-hmm. like very Real Housewives, like attrition. Yeah, yeah. The whole yes. I accept your apology, and she's like, I never apologized. Yeah, that's very Housewives. So Housewives. That is also so Housewives. Also, that was. Uh, Ben, you mentioned this earlier. Kyle. Richards, Trish, whatever, goes out in front of Diana's gallery with carolers <laughs> to get the customers to go away. And it was very Kenya more Yes. Yeah. But the most housewives thing about this movie is that Trish is living on credit and actually has no money. Yes. That is the most oh, housewives right. thing. That is yeah, that happening, was, intentional or otherwise. Yeah, exactly. That was like a, it was a low-key thing. They would sort of like touch on that and I was sort of like not paying attention. But then like when it culminates with her just yelling at Betsy Brandt, I'm leaving, I'm selling my house. I was like, that also had like a weird housewives thing because there was something sort of like showy about it, very performative. Like, like look at me, I'm going to like upgrade to a better house right no she was saying i'm gonna because she couldn't afford her house and she was just she was making her husband take all these extra jobs no i i i know why she was doing it but i'm saying i can imagine her sort of saying in a way that she wants people to think that she's gonna get a mansion in like montpellier oh yeah yeah no she was she was gonna be moving (laughs) she was gonna be moving down and that um that husband storyline i thought was very housewives too like the husband who just can't be there for christmas sorry babe and then you see her talking on facetime with him and you just know that there's some hooker you know in the bed next to him it's like whoops got very michael darby (laughs) very well the guy looks like mauricio and her daughter in the in this looks like um alexia right not not alexia well and then um, porsche's in it porsche's one of the girl scouts yeah Porsche, porsche is porsche is definitely porsche she is she's a she's a terrorizing girl scout yeah also i like their like random accents that they would get because kyle's name was like trish rivera and so she said a couple of words that were kind of like ethnic or whatever so she'd be like oh really 
you like the water or whatever she would do that thing where <laughs> like Kyle has an accent for two words and then her daughter would do it too and the husband would do it too. It's only like two or three words in the whole movie, but I was like, where'd that come from? Oh, that's right. She's a Rivera. I also liked um, moments where the writers didn't quite realize really what they were saying. Cause at one point when uh, at one point, like the Santa Claus, there was a snowball at, at like Kyle, I believe. And someone yells out, she just got pegged by Santa. I'm like, you might want to rethink that phrase. She just got pegged by Santa. (laughs) I think that they knew because they replayed it 10 times in a row. They're like, and now this person watches that clip of saying pegged by Santa. And now a person on the other side of town is watching that clip saying pegged by Santa. (laughs) So what did you think of the Housewives cameos in the movie, other than Portia? They were fantastic, and I wanted more of them. I I, thought it was was such a delightful, like, uh, it was four of them, right? And I have to say, Sonia was great. It was so wonderful seeing Karen. But I have to say, Lisa Barlow was a surprise to me because, you know, Salt Lake City is newer, and Lisa Barlow, you know, I, I feel like if you, if you were going to go to Salt Lake City for a cameo, you would think it would just be Heather Gay. So the fact that it was like Lisa Barlow doing, and she had the longest one, it felt like, because she was like, wow, can't believe it. They're in a feud. This is going to cause a lot of money to come to town or whatever she said. I was like, this is but great. you know, half of that was just her ad-libbing and they were like, just keep it. We need to add a couple of minutes on. Yeah, but right. Because Lisa Barlow, like, couldn't sad script. <laughs> I just can't believe that they got a dead person, Cynthia Bailey, to do one. I mean, RIP <laughs> Cynthia Bailey. Did they just fire Cynthia in the last five minutes? I mean, what happened? <laughs> like, she's on girls' trip. She's on this. I feel so bad for Cynthia. Like, what happened that they were just like, you know, we've been shooting two days. You're fired. Because that's what it looks like. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. It's like, okay, thank you for doing this Christmas movie and Ultimate Girls Trip. You're fired. They're coming out in five months. I know. Like, thanks. I thought Sonia was the best, though. I thought she was a good. I thought she was surprisingly a good actor. She was like just kind of natural. Yeah, and actually, I have to give a shout out to our friend Hannah because Hannah got her first ever movie role. And she was the girl at the end of the Housewives uh, montage because it was like all these monta- all these Housewives. And then it was Hannah in a coffee shop being like, did you hear about Trish and Diane? So congratulations, Hannah. You made Is it. Is that Hannah Brown good you're job, talking Hannah. about? It's Hannah Brown. Oh, good yeah. for you, Hannah Brown. It, ben told me, did you see Hannah? And I was like, Fairy? What, what was she doing in there? I was <laughs> they just brought in a below that's deck. What I I said. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I said I didn't remember. I no didn't recognize her in the brown hair. Oh, that's next year it's like below deck mistletoe Melissa, mistletoe below deck I don't know a very yachty Christmas are you yachty or nice <laughs> oh. yachty or nice yeah we're gonna take a little break and then we'll be right back talking more about the housewives of the North Pole Welcome back to the 12 Gays of Christmas. I'm Brian Moylan. I'm here with Ronnie Karam and Ben Mandilker. We're talking about the Real Housewives of the North Pole. And I thought it was time in the spirit of Watch What Happens Live to play a little game. Are you boys up for a game? Oh, sure. Yes. Okay. I'm calling this game Secret Santa. And what I'm going to do is I am going to name for you a Real Housewife. And you have to tell me what you are going to buy her for Christmas. And whoever has the better slash shadier answer gets a point. Okay. And the winner gets a golden reindeer from Home Goods. <laughs> okay. The first one, obviously, is Kyle Richards. Ben, you get to start. I am going to get Kyle Richards. What do I get Kyle Richards for Christmas? What do you get the woman who has it all? I would get her a um a box set of all the movies that kim richards was ever in and just just to see, <laughs> just to see her react i would send her a case of uh lvp rose oh yeah yeah oh. you gotta go with that one ronnie wins ronnie wins that one uh ronnie you get to go next speaking of which what would you get lisa vanderpump i would get lisa vanderpump a um Fur, you know those fur things you put your hands in? 
um, a, like muff. a, stole, a muffler, a muff, or muff. but like yeah. that looked like muffler. kind of like that tiny jiggy dog fur, you know, because she'll always have her little jiggy there. <laughs> okay, Ben. I think I would get Lisa Vanderpump a little white rabbit because since she's always dressing like a magician these days, I think this way she can like finally, you know, step into the role she has been like preparing for for the past three years. <laughs> a rabbit in the hat. I would buy her a ticket to Yulin, China, but Ben wins. <laughs> I think you went on that one. That's an expensive gift. I appreciate wow. the sympathy one, but you went on that one. Ben, what would you get for Jen Shaw? Oh my God, for Jen Shaw, I think that what I would get her are all sorts of receipts that remind her of all the great things that she has bought for people to help them. That's what I think I would get for her. Just a reminder of the good she has done for her friends and her family and for Stu, because that is what she does. And for all her fellow Hawaiians and for every critter in the state of Utah, Jen Shaw for president. <laughs> Ronnie. Easy burner phone. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie wins. V VPN, maybe. A VPN. <laughs> Ronnie, what would you get for Candy Ace Dillard? Um, Candace Dillard. Um, salad. <laughs> I'll just send her a salad in a box. Just a bag full of salad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a bag of salad. Ben? Um, I would get her a lifetime supply of Puffs tissues and as well as like a little origami book. So that way when she makes her, she doesn't have to just stick to just like a tissue square. She can make like a tissue crane or a tissue <laughs> kite or like a tissue frog. I like and she can that. really just mix it up. I wish I yeah. had answered after like you so too. I could say like, you know, those things that they use to fold clothes in a gap? You know, they have like a thing <laughs> yes. so you can fold it easily. Maybe like a tiny version for like her little, <laughs> for her her little triangle thing. All right, it is currently 2-2. Here's the tiebreaker and final housewife to buy a gift for, and it is Ramona Singer. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think you just, I think it, the gift I would get for her is really a gift for all of us, which is um, maybe some adult diapers. Yeah. <laughs> Squatty potty Ronnie? here. Squatty potty. It'll change your <laughs> life. <laughs> I, I think we're going to give it to Ronnie, even though what you should have said is a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. That's what we oh, should have gotten for Ramona. Oh, a God. mask, maybe. Yeah. An actual K95 yeah. mask. Or maybe... As, a, as opposed to a Hannibal Lecter crystal clear thing. Oh, my God. That mask. I had nightmares about that mask. <laughs> the Meredith one? No, the Ramona Singer, like, clear one her that clear. goes oh, over her yes. like, mouth. Yeah. That, like, hangs from her ears. The cable guy showed up at my house wearing one, and I was like, where did you get that Ramona Singer mask, and you need to leave immediately? I know. It is kind of scary getting used to seeing people without half their face, but it's way scarier having to see their breath. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. That's, I don't mean that. It is. That is disgusting. It's like wearing a terrarium on your face. That's like <laughs> what it looks a like. Terrarium. <laughs> it's literally like the scene in Jurassic Park where the T Rex comes up to the car. Like, <sighs> God, you're yeah. obsessed today. You've got some I, I Jurassic. Bring in, you need to go watch that new Netflix in. Jurassic Park cartoon thing that they have on there. I will. So at the end of the episode, I always ask everybody. Do you think that this is a Christmas movie? Do you think that Housewives of the North Pole is a Christmas movie, Ben and Ronnie? Yes, it is a Christmas movie because there are CGI reindeer in a geographical, illogical place coming around for no good reason, creating a Christmas miracle for all. And Betsy Brandt gets choked up. And for that alone, I say it's a Christmas movie. I think it was a Christmas movie. I don't really think any lessons were learned. I mean, they just decided to be friends just because they were like, like there yeah. it's like there was no real reason they were like well i guess our kids are boning so we should be nice to each other again i mean but it's like the most recent season of real housewives of atlanta like they're hanging around together because they have to yeah, <laughs> not because yeah. they like each other yeah I, also i would i would wager that there was a lesson that was learned because one thing one character that we have literally not discussed at all is the plucky reporter who uh, arrives in town and you know she came in town to write a lovely piece about like 
humanity and America. And then Alec Mappa, you know, was, was difficult to her. And she quit her job and was like, you know, some things are more important than a paycheck. Okay. Yeah. So but even if I do show up with my oversized old timey camera to take a picture of Kyle Richards, get into a fight with an old lady, there are things that are more important. Yeah. But I would argue that she was still a good person at the beginning who didn't, who didn't agree with doing this dirty story in the first place. So she didn't really have a change. You know what I mean? But I will give it the Christmas movie stamp of approval. I have to give them something for the effort and the music. I mean, this was some of the most obnoxious music I've ever heard in any film ever. And it's because they went out of their way to create 37 original Christmas songs that they played incessantly. I mean, it never stopped. And they were all the same Christmas. Dun, 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 jingle, 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 jingle. Christmas rapping, kisses rapping, Christmas rapping. It's like every single one. I wanted to kill all of them, but I was like, wow, there's a lot of originals to push out for a movie. There's a lot of dedication for a fake movie that only exists (laughs) on Peacock. No, also, I think we should give a shout out to whatever PAs and, and, you know, like set decorators, set designers were out there who had to like haul that big, those giant mounds of fake snow. Every household had like six feet of snow (laughs) over. I was like, this is okay. We don't like, we get it. It's snowy, but you're also, you know, this is, this is a lot. No, it was a lot. And those same PAs didn't do a very good job decorating decorating they did not decorate the houses the houses sucked i was like where are the judges to come on here and say this is not even what is this what are you doing you've ruined christmas your decorating sucks i have seen the great christmas light fight and this was like (laughs) wouldn't even get cast on that shit i mean it was never betsy brands was was shitty by the way her little vincent van snow display was objectively shitty kyle's was like okay but yeah those were not those were not award-winning displays. But then again, we also know, we don't know what the other houses were like in this shitty, Apparently shitty town. Apparently terrible, because they won anyway. You know, they won yeah. despite. But also, we didn't see them team up. You know, I think it should have had something where they decided to come together at right. the end and like yeah. team up so we could actually see a good one, because we just saw their, you know, their secondary work. Maybe yeah, that was supposed didn't... to be the point. They were supposed to suck. It, but they still <laughs> tried to Maybe. give make her a winner. So... <laughs> Yeah. Who knows? And also, how about that 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 moment at the end? It's just sort of like they're like, uh, "What should we do with these two kids?" By the way, oh, I, I know. Let's send them to Africa. <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm gonna go. Hey, mom. By the way, I've decided I'm gonna teach in Africa. He's gonna go. Just go to. An, he's just gonna go to a continent, <laughs> country unknown, location unknown. Just go into a continent and seeing where he's gonna land. Yeah. Just in case you he forgot, actually, they were good people, guys. <laughs> he took off to try to find Glenn. That's what he did. He was like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm going to make a podcast about finding Glenn." That's so, what I'm and I do, do think there was a South America option in there too, in case Africa did not work. Yeah, out. they were like, "Yeah, you know, there or there, you know, somewhere with starving <laughs> children, yeah, anywhere with starving children." Okay, so update on Glenn, guys. Glenn's still alive. Um, I don't know what happened Phew. to him on Beverly Hills, but um, he has been on the Hills' new beginnings as himself. No, and it way. says the last time he was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was 2020. So that's something happened over there. He got Cynthia over there. Wow, he just wasn't connecting anymore. Yeah, R.I.P. Glenn. Wow. Well, hopefully he'll come back. Would you watch another Real Housewives Christmas movie, Housewives of the North Pole Part Two? I don't know if I voluntarily would, but um, <laughs> you know what I, but. That being said, again, I thought this was better than I was expecting that if there is another one, I want it to be truer to the real housewives. If, you know, if the three of us need to be enlisted as creative consultants, so be it. But um, I want it to be like a group of women. I don't want to focus on two boring kids played by boring actors. Sorry. Yeah. Hate to hate to be hate to like really say that out loud. You know, they're just they're young. They're youngins starting out in life. But no, they're bad actors. And um, I want it to be an ensemble of middle aged women. And I want it to just be basically dinner parties and pettiness and um, feuds. That's all I want. Agree. Yeah, I want it to be all Real Housewives. Like, there are enough actresses, wannabe actresses, that every character in this movie could have been a housewife or a housewife tangential. Who would you cast? Yeah. Who would be... uh, Lisa Rinna would be good, obviously, because she's an actress. Yes. Right? Harry Hamlin. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Candy Burris. Candy Burris. 
maybe Nini Leaks, who's I mean not great Nini, but serviceable. She could do it. I don't know if anyone from New York has the uh, has the acting chops. Maybe like a weird Luan. like casting this. Oh, Luann, or maybe something strange like Carol Radziwill, just sort of like sort of like lurking through, like Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. I've come I a long to... way too, Santa. It was a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> She's the ghostwriter of Christmas past, yeah, let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> I want Shane Keogh in there, my once and future husband who tried to have an acting career. I mean, mm-hmm. Heather Dubrow, well, other, you've got to give you got, I like all the oh, ones that pretend that they were actually, actors. Yes. Yeah, actually, Heather Dubrow yeah. would be a really good choice. I think that. it would be fun. All the people who pretend they're actors in real life, you know, like Kyle, Heather, Sonia, Luann, uh, Nini. Gretchen well, Rossi, Nini is a real life. She's done a lot of real stuff. Lisa Vanderpump was on Silk Stockings. Vanderpump, and- yeah. Gretchen Rossi was tapped for Hot in Cleveland too. Don't forget, Candy Ass has been in some things, so Candace would be Candace good. would actually Candace would be a good one. I don't know if there's anyone on Dallas. Not Giselle. That- I saw Giselle in this commercial. She's on some commercial. Have you guys seen it? Well, it's like a Twitter commercial. It's so bad. It's so, it's so bad. I need to find it. So not Giselle. I can see Karen Huger having some untapped acting potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can oh, too. I wonder- and we need to get Michael Darby to produce it since he's now a movie producer. Yes. Or Randall uh, Emmett to produce it. We could get Lala in there. Yeah. I mean- How about uh, Joanna Krupa, formerly of Real Housewives of Miami? We had her on our show once. Um, and she was really promoting the fact she was like, she didn't want to talk about being a real housewife. She just was like, you know, I'm like an actress now and I'm in a new film with Armand Asante and Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I would like so, I mean, Rob Gronkowski perfect. be in our Christmas movie, our housewives Christmas movie. He's allowed. He's in. I mean, Absolutely. I think Kyle Seelig, Kyle Seelig would be great. Um, he's he played the son in this film. Let's <laughs> say so give oh, Kyle oh, another okay. chance, guys. Yeah, we we can bring Kyle around. <laughs> uh, let's give. What about Avery? Avery Singer. Remember she no. did, she did audition to be in a film in her first season. Remember she was auditioning to be in a role opposite Meryl Streep. No, Ramona That's Singer right. saying um, Ramona Singer saying on Girls Trip. You know what? My daughter Avery. When I became a housewife, she said, "Mom, I'm the one who's supposed to become famous." Me. So I never want Avery Singer to find success in anything. <laughs> I want that to be your storyline for life, that Ramona is just always falling into whatever success that Avery wanted for herself. What about multi-hyphenate well, Kenya Moore? It, exactly. Kenya. Garcelle Bouvet, also an actress. Ah, yes. Garcelle. Yeah. Or, or Eileen Davidson. Eileen oh Davidson. My God, yeah. Like, get I mean, or Denise Richards. Denise Richards. She's already doing them. Denise is already, she's already in the machine. I mean, Brand- not Brandy. I want Dorinda to show up just to say, I cooked, I cleaned, I made it nice. That's the other thing I wanted. I wanted some more like nutcracker fights. I wanted some more, don't be cool, don't be all like uncools. Like, there I wasn't a single dinner service. party. There was no dinner party that was destroyed, and there were right? no other housewives. No. It has it can't just be two ladies who were nice to each yeah. other, except for this one hour in time. You know, it, it should yeah, it needs to be like eight. Yeah, it should, there was no like the classic thing in the Real Housewives is that two people are feuding, and the others are sort of like caught in the crossfire, or there's like domino effects, and people are trying to bring them together, and then it falls apart, and then other accusations come out, and it just sort of like it goes out of control, and that was not here. By the way, Camille Grammer also, you know, she she should be in the mix as well, even if it's just sort of like a dancing scene. Wow. There is enough here that you don't need to waste Betsy Brandt <laughs> as your no. secondary housewife. Listen, also, poor Betsy Brandt that this is the best she can do. I know. That's what I was saying. Like, next year, just let us do it. We'll do it. And then I'll just send yeah. Betsy. We can, like, get some GoFundMe going and just send Betsy Brandt a check so she can pay your damn rent while she's waiting for her next big role. I think that's a good, I think that's a good idea. I think there's a, I'm actually genuinely excited for our fake version of this movie. Like, the idea of, like, Heather Dubrow and Kyle Richards and Eileen Davidson and Garcelle Bouvet and Candace Dillard is is etc. Santa is comes very down. Santa comes me. down the chimney and Heather can just say, "I'm gonna have to ask you to leave." <laughs> 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 
And, and Santa is Shannon Bedore, and she just has a bowl with nine lemons in it. And it <laughs> yeah. just be like all these, like, she'd go to Yolanda's fridge, steal, the Grinch steals nine lemons, puts them in a bowl, and then goes down Eileen <laughs> Davidson's chimney. It's just like a fever dream of, like, housewives in jokes. Well, I, I thought that Santa could use a locale snack, so instead of cookies, I just put out some lemons. <gasps> oh... Just for once, I'd like to be the one not bringing the gifts. <laughs> ben and Ronnie, thank you so much for being here on this very special episode of the 12 Gays of Christmas to talk about the Housewives of the North Pole. Please tell all of our Christmas cherubs out there, Christmas cherubs, Christmas, Christmas cherubs. where they can find you all the time. Well, we have a website, watchwhatcrappens.com, which has links to everything you could possibly need. But our Instagram is at watchwhatcrappens. Our Twitter is at whatcrappens. Uh, I'm at Ben Mandelker. Ronnie's at Ronnie Karam. And on top of that, we're going on tour next year, and we're going to 21 cities, starting in New York City. It's going to be amazing. So if you want tickets, go to watchwhatcrappens.com. Are you excited to be back on the road and with the people? Heck Yeah. Yeah. Crazy excited. Excited, scared. It's a whole new world out there, like masks and, you know, all the, like, regulations and everything. So I've been I've been at home for two years, so a little scared, but excited. It should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I mean, you should mandate everyone has to wear Ramona masks, clear Ramona <laughs> masks. Just, uh... Can you imagine just looking out on that? Just a bunch of shiny little creepy... <laughs> Condensation. And, with yeah. like, and then they like slowly fog up over the course of your show. <laughs> blah, blah. So I just want to give a quick thank you to everyone who has subscribed, rated, and reviewed 12 Gays of Christmas. Unless you gave us a bad review, then I'm going to dump your sprinkle cookies right in the trash. And be sure to check out other podcasts from The Dip, including Hot Off the Mess with Samantha Bush, Morgan's Pop Talks, exposed dragged out and so many more visit thedip.com where you can get more pop culture commentary and analysis that's the dip with two p's the second p is for atlantapeaches.com and follow them on instagram at the dip of course you can find me at brian j moylan everywhere books are sold and thank you for listening to the 12 gays of christmas we cooked we cleaned we made it nice